Welcome back to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. Welcome back to Hashtag Single, y'all. I am Jeanette, your host. Um, As we start to talk about winding down the podcast in addressing some larger topics of, you know, overall well-being, happiness in being single, happiness in dating, and taking a break, I wanted to look back at this episode that I recorded in February of 2023 before all of the health crisis stuff started with my dad before my 2023 changed the world as I knew it. And I really enjoyed this conversation I had with Dr. Catherine Bajanian, especially as I find myself kind of making my way back to the dating apps and starting to date again. So whether you are taking a break from the dating apps, whether you are taking a break from dating, whether you are on the apps currently and finding it draining wherever you are at in your dating journey, I hope this episode brings some clarity and potentially some transformation in how we approach dating and how we can incorporate it better into our regular working lives. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy this conversation I had with Dr. Catherine. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hashtag Single. Jeanette here, your host. Thank you so much for coming back. So today I'm very excited to welcome to the podcast dating and relationship consultant, Dr. Catherine Bajanya. Dr. Catherine, thank you for coming on the podcast. Hello. Hi, everyone. All right. So Dr. Catherine, or Catherine, runs a private therapy practice based out of London, focusing on relationships, which has helped thousands of people develop a healthier and happier love life. Previously, Catherine worked as a relationship consultant at the Executive Club of St. James, a high-end matchmaking agency in London, serving the contemporary demands of the modern professional, quote unquote. She has a master's in counseling psychology and a PhD in social social psychology, concentrating on romantic relationships. She is an accredited member of the British Association for Counseling and Psychotherapy with a license in marriage family therapy from the United States. In addition, Dr. Catherine is also a highly sought after speaker on relationships. She's written for several magazines, including Huffington Post as an expert on relationships. Anything else you want to add to that? Uh, I think you covered it all. Thank you. You don't have any new accolades and awards. You're like, well, this is always January. Part of the <laughs> listing all this stuff off. I'm like, no, no, we honor it. We love to honor. Like, <laughs> oh. I'm like, don't never apologize, especially as women. <laughs> let's, let's That's what I would say. The content. That's the fun stuff. So before we begin, I love I love getting to hear people's stories. So I wanted to ask you to tell me a little bit about your own personal journey. So when did you become a psychologist and what drew you to relationship and dating counseling? Okay. I always wish I had some more like compelling answer, you know, like a terrible breakup. And then I decided to do a deep dive and then I, you know, specialize in this area. Essentially, in fact, I was just drawn to psychology in general. So I went into university, a pre-med um, physiology major, and I minored in psychology for fun. And then I found myself just trying to find every reason under the sun to skip out on my chemistry and physiology, all those classes. 
and going to my psychology class for fun. Um, and at some point, it started to dawn on me that what we do for a career doesn't have to be miserable, right? Oh, um, we yeah. don't have to dislike it. We don't have to hate it. It doesn't have to feel like work. And finally, when that hit me, I was like, well, I love going to my psychology classes. I'm natural at it. It's easy. It's good. It's something my brain loves to grapple with. And I think one of the things I really also love about psychology is that it always keeps me really engaged with people. Every time someone comes into my office, there's no redundancy in the work. It's like getting to know a new person and understanding the variables that led them to become themselves. So um, that's what got me into psychology. And I didn't know I was going to specialize in relationships. But when I sort of was doing my master's and the first time I started to do sort of my interning, I worked at domestic violence agencies. So it was very big on sort of female empowerment issues. Um, and I went in there with that. And I worked in that area for several years. And that's what initially piqued my interest into dealing with relationships. Oh, I love that. Right? So I heard a lot about you know, people's in-depth history about the abusive relationships they were in. And my mindset was, you know, you just go in there, educate people about what healthy relationships should look like. And then wham, bam, they've got it. And, you know, I'll, I'll fix the world. Yeah. <laughs> bear, bear in mind, I was like in my early, early 20s, right? So very naive in the world at that point. And what I quickly realized is that individuals that end up in one toxic or an unhealthy relationship after another have dynamics back to their childhood where they were in destructive, mm -hmm. toxic, unhealthy environments. They didn't get the attention, the love, the connection that they needed, or they were lost in essentially the chaos of their the adults that were supposed to be taking care of them. And something about that experience um, imprinted on them. And when they grew up, they saw themselves a certain way in the world. They um, felt that they were deserving of certain um, types of relationships. They were tolerant of abusive relationships. And so, and this is all happening at an unconscious level, right? No one's going in looking for a destructive relationship, but um, there are barriers we have up when we get the love that we want and we have unconscious signals pushing us away from certain type of people. And sometimes when we have not gotten that kind of secure presence and love from our caretakers than the necessary psychological barriers that would be up to keep us away from certain toxic individuals are not there. And right. so we end up in relationships that um, are really unhealthy and a recreation of, of childhood patterns. So that's where I was just like, oh my goodness, you know, relationship stuff, there's so much more to it mm. uh, than we think. And 12 years ago, more than 12 years ago at, at this point, I came then to the UK to do a PhD and the focus was cross-cultural relationships. So when you have different cultures informing your idea of love and relationships, how does that like translate into what we look for from a partner, what we think of a long-term marriage to be all of that. Then one thing led to another and I ended up setting up private practice and that's kind of specializing relationships with an extra specialty in cross-cultural stuff. That's so cool. I, I mean, that's like one of the things I love about New York City. So I totally appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and I, I also, I think 
we have sort of a similar mindset. Like, you know, I obviously don't have the educational background, but I'm also fascinated in trying to figure this out. Like what makes dating work and not work? Like why are, why are we struggling in modern society? That curious mind of like, let me try to help people find the path. I think that's fantastic. So you, you were working at this matchmaking agency, which I, I love. I looked at their website and I love that they call themselves a personal introduction company. It, it is <laughs> because you can never, like, that's one thing I learned, learned sort of from being there is that you don't know what's going to create chemistry between people, right? You can- Right, right, right. Or, uh, in terms of like their requirements on a, on a list. And that's why it's like, it is essentially every matchmaking agency is an introduction agency. They're trying no, to- No, that's or, like, it's so much yeah. better than, than promising a match. You're like, it's listen, impossible. all we can do is introduce you. It is impossible. It is impossible to gauge what chemistry, yeah. you know, what who's going to have what chemistry. So yeah, my angle essentially was when people were struggling with whatever it was, whether it was- confidence in, you know, showing up on dates, whether it was liking someone, but not knowing how to express it, all, all the stuff that comes up for any one of us when we're dating, that was when like, then people turned to sort of me and I was able to work through that aspect of it, their own internal world. Yeah. Um, and when their own internal blocks are when it comes to dating and relationships. So, yeah. So why did you decide to leave and, and open your private practice? Um, I think that what I really love about uh, relationships is understanding the the human psyche and understanding what it is about us, you know, individually that um, prevents us finding for what we want in relationships. So it's not, and whenever someone comes to me when they're single, I have lots of single clients. What I make clear is like, what I don't do is often what dating coaches do. Like I, I don't really focus on the external tips and tricks, right? Like don't call this many times or do this. Should I get back to this person or not? Or the, yes, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, um, and of course there's like a huge aspect of that, that gets covered, uh, in sessions, but it's more so from the perspective of like, what do you want and what are you putting out there and what do you, uh, and is it, is it aligned with what you're creating or not? And so I think more and more, it was interesting because even in the agency, people started to go, can I just come for, couple of sessions with you. Um, and they started to realize it's not just about the perfect person's going to put in front of me and then I'm going to have a happily ever after that. There are things about me and why I'm choosing certain people and how I'm conducting myself that is in, is, um, also an aspect of what yeah. I create. Right. And so yeah. I got that request more and more and I was like, you know, this is what I love to do. And I just sort of veered off, um, uh, and set that up because again, in terms of matchmaking, it was not never really never involved in that. Um, so I just thought I'm just going to do what I love full time. Yeah. yeah. I do what I'm good at. Did people yeah. follow you there? Um, yes, I got a lot of clients, but this was like many, many years ago. I want to say it was like six, seven years ago. And yeah. so, um, at this point, like my club practice is like a variation of people that have come from all kinds of stuff from talks I've done and all of that. But yeah, they did. They, they, they sort of followed me. And that was, again, that was kind of like one of the earlier aspects of setting up my private practice was those clients that kept pushing me and encouraging me to sort of open up this private practice so that they can come more regularly. And I thought, yeah. all right, let's do it. Yeah. That's so great. I love yeah. it. And I love, like, I can hear how much you love what you do. And I, yes. I love that so much as well. I just like, I just, 
I vibe when people are following their truth and following their path. So right? it's, it's yeah, so nice it's, to hear. It's, totally. It's, an, it's enlivening when everybody's doing what they love. Yes. Excited by that. Like it, That's it, so it, true. You know, that kind of energy with one another. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really excited to talk to you today about our main topic. Talk to us and tell us like about the field of social psychology and like how it relates to dating. So I, in the, like, when we talk about individual psychology, we're looking at the individual, how they came to be. But a lot of how a person comes to be is informed by their social structure, right? And this sure. is why yeah. I got into cultural psychology, uh, because when we come into the world and who we are, what we become, our sense of self, our identity, our personality, the things about us that get encouraged, the things about us that get discouraged are largely informed by the social structures we live in, right? Um, and so that's the aspect of sort of social psychology, sort of like looking at the influence of the collective on the individual. So when someone comes in into my private practice, I look a lot at their background, where they grew up, where the cultural settings, what the expectations in the environment that they grew up in, and how that's impacted the individual in bringing out certain qualities of them that are great, and then other aspects of them that they might not really like. What you want to do is look at the individual and say, what context do you exist in? Yeah, yeah, How yeah. How do we help you exist in that context to the best potential? And what would be best in that environment? Yeah. So for this example, like for talking about dating, if I were to come to you and we're like, oh my God, girl, I've been single. I wouldn't call you girl if you were my doctor. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, I've been single for 10 years, which I have been. Like we might start with, okay, like let's let's look at your environment. Like you live in New York City. You're an actor. You're in the entertainment industry. So you're working with people on set where you have to get a job done. It's high stakes. It's urgent. I don't need to put words in your mouth, but that's just an example of like looking through the lens of like how, you know, people are coming to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we would look at someone's background, childhood, how they grew up, where they grew up, the influences they had, what their parents are like, you know, were their parents together, not together, all of those things, how that affected them all the way up to now and the environment they currently exist in, who they have access to what the expectations of the environment is, all of that. So something I do with with clients is, you know, if an individual comes in and wants to do sort of a deep dive into them, I do sort of a, a lengthy process or three and a half to four hour session where we start from day one of their birth. And sometimes we go further back to what the conditions were like when their parents, were your parents in love, were they in an accident, were they under any kind of stressors, all of that what the environment, what the social environment was like for them. And then when you came into the world, and then we'll go step by step all the way up to modern day um, and look at the sort of full context. Because the thing is, is that individuals don't sit in a dark room and decide who they are, right? Their self-esteem, their belief systems, their perspective on the world. um, It's all about their engagement in the world and the feedback that they get. So it's kind of this interaction between I put myself out there, the world meets me in a certain way, and therefore it starts to inform how I see myself in the world and how I move about. So the environmental piece, the social piece, I mean, dating in New York City is going to look different than it is in London, that it is going to in some sort of small town somewhere in China. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like, what's your take on 
like taking the personal out of it, taking the, the client out of the conversation right now, what is your take on like what the present conditions are? Um, I think dating in modern day is tough. It is tough, right? There's a lot of, well, I would say quantity, right? We mm-hmm. have access to more people than ever before. I mean, in, in an hour, you can have access to more people than your grandmother, your mother, and your great-grandmother ever did combined. Right. So it's an unbelievable amount of individuals. So there is a lot of quantity, but the quality has massively dropped the quality in terms of what we can access, because by, by the sheer numbers of individuals, like let's say you go on a dating uh, app, you know, there are thousands of individuals and let's say out of that thousand, two to five percent would be a, a decent match for you. You have to sift through so many of it, those individuals, yes. the level of like time consumption, energy consumption. And then it's not even like going through all those individuals, the right people for you are suddenly going to stand out, right? You, How do you decipher that? How do you look at a static couple of photos, a couple of lines about someone describing themselves? They could literally be saying anything about themselves and then and then decide if this person is right for you or not. So it's a really, when they say it's a needle in the haystack, yeah, it very much is because of the way we date now. That resonates very deeply for me. I think this is why everyone I talk to, and I say this like, you know, I don't even say this with any caveats. Everyone I talk to believes that online dating doesn't work. Except for like the three friends that are, you know, (laughs) those annoying people that are like, oh, we met online and now we're married. But everyone who's in it right now, we all are like, this isn't, this doesn't make sense. And, but when you, you quantify it like that, when you actually put some like, here's why, here's the science, here's the numbers, here's the statistics behind it. Like realistically, I think that's a good point. Like you have four questions. What are the clues we're looking for? People tell me, and I talk about this on the podcast ad nauseum that I'm like too picky, whatever that means that drives me bananas. But I'm like, uh, no, actually I'm not picky. Like I have to be picky. Otherwise I'm going to end up dating dating literally everybody in New York City. So if I reject someone because they have something, what others might feel is superficial, a grammar mistake, a selfie in a mirror, which I can't stand, a selfie at the gym, I can't stand. Like you have to have your own personal value system to be like, I already know this person's not for me, even though I'm I'm maybe rejecting people at a, like a really intense rate. And I'd like constantly I'm not going on second dates after first dates and people are trying to be like, well, this is why you're single because you're looking for problems. And I'm like, no, the flip side of that mindset is I'm not looking for issues. I know very deeply whether that fits in my, in my groove or that doesn't fit in my groove, you know, like you feel it in your bones. And I think especially as we get older, like, you know yourself, like, do you wear pink? Do you wear blue? Do you, do you wear black? Are you a sneakers woman or do you like heels? Like you just know yourself. Yeah. And like something that you just said is really important in terms of like, you're trying to gauge the person's personality by this handful of information that you have. Right. And largely it's about the way that they are coming across in photos. Right. So like you said, like a shirtless photo to a a woman that might signal vanity, you know, someone who doesn't have clear boundaries, someone who's driven by their physical appearance. Right. So now look, if your boyfriend six months sent you a photo like that, A would be like, you wouldn't wouldn't think to to make all of those assumptions. But when you don't know a person, you literally know nothing about them. Those minor details suddenly start to tell you a story, right? So your boyfriend, he's thoughtful, he's caring, you know, sure, he has some vanity. Let's say he, he has a little bit of vanity. He's really focused on his looks. But 
you, we can say within the context of who he is, he has all these great qualities that we know of. We can put behavior into context of the whole individual that would right. Online, we don't have that. We have right. like four amount, like bits of information, like you said, about someone. So if all we know are that four bits of information and 25% is signaling to us potential vanity or obsessed with looks, all of that, then that's out, right? So that's something that for people to really understand is that they go, oh, people are so judgmental online or whatever it is. It's like, but they can't not be. They, they don't they don't have the ability not to be right if they are given very very limited information then each piece of information is going to hold a lot of weight right, right? so you want to make sure that when you're putting out photos and information about yourself on your profile this is something people don't think about really sit down and think about the person you're trying to attract and how they would look at that profile so let's say you're the academic type and you want someone brainy Right. Have some information in there about, you know, liking deep conversations, exactly. going to exhibitions or whatever. So they're like, right. OK, out of these four pieces of information, I, I can drive with this three, you know, like this really resonates. And then they'll know to choose you from those thousands because you've got to stand out and, and equally, you know, be careful about what you think might be kind of funny or quirky or, you know, whatever, we all have aspects of ourselves that are great and aspects of ourselves that are not great. But without that context, someone might misread it. And yeah. you really can't fault them for, for reading that information as, as it's presented out there. They can't not be judgmental. That's all they have. Right. Exactly. I, I agree with you. Absolutely. I'm like nodding enthusiastically as you're speaking. I want to go back to something that you said in, in reference to like why, why online dating is kind of broken why it's exhausting, um, that it's time consuming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, sort of in, in keeping to this, this, this podcast topic of like taking a break, um, I think I obviously like, you know, we know one of the reasons it's time consuming is because you have to put in like all, all of this effort to filter through yes. and, and that also is depleting of our energy. So I guess my big question, like we all know that that's a given, right? But how do you know, just in taking a, a break in general or taking a break from the apps, like how do you know when to listen to your instinct or your inner voice and when to push through? Because I think there's this battle between just sort of zooming out in our general lives. Like when do I need to take a break to protect myself versus like making yourself get out of bed and go to the gym? You know what I'm saying? That dynamic. Is there a way to quantify that or qualify that so that we, we can help ourselves do that better? Yeah. Great question because it is something that's really necessary for us to pay attention to, to be able to pause. Um for a while and take a break because this really takes a toll. Thing is, is not it's that it's not just time consuming and draining um, because of the effort we have to put in, but it also takes a toll on our sense of self. Right? If if nothing's working out, nothing's working out, nothing's working out. Our brain has a really hard time differentiating between yeah, these are um, low quality interactions, like if the person's rejecting me or I'm not getting picked enough or after, you know, two conversations texting someone, they just sort of disappear on me. It can't tell that that like those, those interactions were pretty meaningless. So you don't have to take it personally. All right. it experiences is, is rejection. 
right? Yet another person didn't want to interact with me. Yet another person. And and just as a side note, um, please don't ghost anyone. Like people, like if you are not, it's just not, you're not feeling the vibe, just say something along the line of that, right? Amen. Like, yeah. Use like, your words is like what I like to say. Because in the absence of that, it's like you don't know what kind of insecurities that individual has. And that like just disappearing on them, they now can attribute it to all kinds of things. Oh, they thought I was stupid. Or they didn't think, you know, I was this. Or I wasn't good enough in this way. It's like when you don't have information and you just feel rejected, that all your fears and, you know, insecurities come up to fill in the gaps. This person rejected me because of this reason. So do people a favor and just give them any kind of like, I'm not really feeling a connection or I'm just, you know, feeling a bit like tired of the dating thing. I think I'm going to take something so that the other person could go, okay, maybe it's not all me. Right. So that's that. But so online dating really mentally and emotionally like takes a toll on our self-worth. So when I'm like, when I tell clients to pause is when I start to see their hopes starting to dwindle. It's never mm. going to happen for me. You know, I just don't think the right person's out there. I think that I'm just, what I'm looking for is, is not possible. I think I'm not good enough um, for what I'm looking for. That kind of talk starts to come up or a resentment of the, the other, right? Uh, people are such jerks. People are this, people are so flaky, people don't care, you know, all of the other stuff. When our like our sense of self and our faith in humanity starts to take a hit, that's when it's like, all right, this, you know, this is starting to be destructive. I need to get get off of it. Oh, I love that word destructive. Mm. I love. I think. I've, um, I love that you gave us those examples because I think we do that very casually um, in the way that we can kind of get together with friends and be like, "Oh my god, this isn't working." But you have to like. You have to like. You have to be aware of you with negative self talk. Like, and if you're constantly talking, um, like you were talking earlier, like if you're constantly talking negative about anything in your life, about your job or a certain person or dating or something, that's the time to be like, "Wait, I hear myself," and. Um, also what really kind of like landed was that lack of hope. This concept is really interesting to me. Um, this idea of hope in dating and why we never, why we sort of never get off the hamster wheel, why I personally never get off the hamster wheel. I was, um, reading this article on productivity and the article mentioned this book, 4,000 weeks, um, which is a nonfiction book about time management that came out in 2021. So I haven't read the book. I did read the article, but I wrote this down in my notes app and the quote was needing to prove that something happened, that progress was made, that time wasn't wasted. Yes. Yes. Do you think that's what's happening in dating right now? This drive to continue to justify the time spent single? Yeah, yeah, that that absolutely. And we can lose track of time, right? And because how the heck do you get through thousands and thousands of people? And so if you have a set idea in your head that you're looking for, you can get so lost in the search that at some point, you know, people sort of wake up to oh my God, like the amount of time and energy I've invested in this. And still I haven't found the right person. And it's something about that. Like when we invest time and energy and we keep investing and we keep investing, now the stakes grow higher and higher. Yes. So I better meet the right person, right? Mm-hmm. I've just wasted three, five, 10, 15 years on this. 
I'm now definitely not settling. Right? It's that gambler's mentality that gets people to gamble a lot. When you gamble and you gamble and now you've like given so much away. No, I have to now win back. Right. I have to get back. Otherwise, it was just a waste. It was all a waste. And so it'll keep us on that hamster wheel. And we often, those studies show that we often end up like burned and have like we only stop when we lost everything. So we have to be careful of that. So knowing that, and I'm like, uh, this is 100% true. Like for me, like I don't, I don't know what your dating status is at all or if you've been single for a long period of time and have dated, but this like, this, really feels like completely accurate. This inability to stop looking because yeah. if if you stop looking, you've given up. And if you've given up, it takes away from the time you've put in. And I can absolutely feel that the stakes are so high. So knowing this, but also knowing that we like need to prioritize ourselves and our um, our sense of our baby little sense of hope, like how do we allow ourselves to take a break? So that the taking the break is when it starts to get dark in our head, right? When the resentment starts to grow, when we are angry at other people for not being what we need them to be, when we're angry at ourselves for putting in so much time and effort, when we're angry- It's like you're not having fun. Yeah. If you're not having fun and you're just resenting, right? I'm just laughing because I don't think anyone has fun while dating. So I'm like, well, that's all of us. So all of us, should we just quit the apps? People used to get excited about dating. Like, at what point did it become such a chore? It's so sad. It it's is such so a chore. Sad. It's we're all basically gambling, right? Like we're all going yeah. to the, like slot machine every single day. Yes. And we're, and we're what we're what like what we're losing is not finances, is our mental health, our energy, our self worth. That's what we're gambling with. So uh, you really gotta like be careful because at some point you're gonna have none of that left and. And no partner in sight as well. So, um, yeah, I think we, we, we forget the point of dating. The whole point of dating is to find someone that is share some of our values, have some has some level of compatibility, and then start to engage in building a life together. We're not trying to find the perfect partner. We're trying to find someone that we can feel we can feel like we can build a life story with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this sort of notion of like, we are looking for someone to make us happy. That's the bit that gets us into trouble because relationships are actually not about happiness. They're right. about, yeah, they, they are not all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I see people in relationships that I'm way happier than they are. So yeah. why is everyone concerned that I'm single and like, I need to be taken care of? I'm like, I'm living my best life. Y'all need to calm down. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, there is no end game and I think this is the whole point of like being a human being right like there is no end game like anything we find at some point is just gonna it's gonna either present us with problems or like we're gonna get tired of it I mean even if you think about finding your ideal dream job right it doesn't mean that the the way that you feel about that dream job on day one is gonna be the same in five years right right and it doesn't mean that it's gonna come with some uh, challenges. We're going to have to grow skills. We're going to have to do projects we don't like. We're going to have to speak in front of, you know, whatever the company, things that we're going to have to do that's uncomfortable, that's going to push us to grow, that it just comes with the territory. But we seem to understand that 
when, when it comes to work, we don't go, Oh my God, it's my dream job. Oh, but no, they're going to require me to do this thing that is a little bit draining on me. So I'm out, right? This wasn't the right job for me. I'm going to go find another one that yeah. makes me happy. Relationships, like everything else in life, though, they're, they're going to require some growth. They're going to require that you look at yourselves in some way, grow in some way, you know, grow more compassionate, make room for another human being's needs and feelings and all of that better be better at communication. It's going to bring up any, you know, wounds that you have from the past. Someone cheated on you. Someone let you down. Your partner now isn't texted you for three hours. That stuff <laughs> is going to come up. Right. And so it's it sounds exhausting. <laughs> yes, it is. That's I'm all, do I want this? <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> but just like work, like we're compelled yeah. to work because we want what the work gives us. We want meaning. We want finances. We want, you know, there's things that work gives us. That's what we put ourselves through that. And that's what I would look at a relationship. There's things that we get, you know, there's companionship that we get. There's connection we get. There's a possibility of family. If that's what we want, kids and things like that. So there's a team that we create, but it comes with a lot of challenges. And those challenges are our own growth. Right. And if we're willing to engage in that and our partner is, then we can enjoy some of the benefits of a partnership. But when we resist and we're like, no, no, I just need someone to like really fit me and make me happy, then we're always going to be let down and it's going to be a miserable experience. Yeah. Or you're better off alone. Yeah, absolutely. That's also an option as well. Yeah. But sort of, um, you know, kind of in tying this back to how I started this episode and like why why I took a break from the podcast and are we allowed to take breaks in mm. modern society, which seems like ongoing and sort of you're on the clock all the time. Um, I think you, you mentioned it very briefly, but I want to come back to it was this sense of like knowing why you're there, this sense of like my losing, I wrote down in my notes, like losing your why, you know, yeah. like knowing why you're dating, knowing, um, why you're there. You're not there you're there just like fill a void or attend to some inner unhappiness by yes. dating. Right. But like knowing why you're there and doing it with intention. And I think for me a little bit, I think when I was able to come back to my why and the fun of dating, it's not all torture. Yeah. I think that's, that's the real like takeaway of how do, how do we address this new crisis of the abundance of quantity, quant yeah. but how do we marry that to self-care and happiness? Yeah, absolutely. And like, look, if you clarify your why and you, let's say your, your, let's say your why is I want a person to like, be happy with all the time, right? I need that. I want the Instagram life um, that people present as couples. I want that. And that's why I want a relationship versus my why is I want to grow with someone. I want to build something with someone. I want to weather challenges with someone. You're going to be dating with a different intention. Yeah. Right? What you're going to be looking for when you're on a date, you know, when I'm, I'm happy is how much does he or she make me laugh? How fun are we? How much fun are we having? How cool are they? How attracted to them am I, right? Versus I want to build a life with someone. I want to go through some real stuff with someone. I want to be able to weather the ups and downs. I want to be able to challenge myself. Then we look at a person's ability to be there for us. How trustworthy are they? Or how much of a strong character are, do they have? Have they gone through some difficult challenges and have overcome it? So we end up looking for very different things on a date. Yeah, for sure. Any other um, 
I guess I was, and so like, I hate the phrase tips and tricks, but like, <laughs> are there any kind of tools that you can give us um, to help us navigate these periods where we may be experiencing um, some some negative feelings, some resentment, some loss of hope? Um, how do we prioritize our, our mental well-being in these times and get back to a, a place where we feel good about ourselves and about dating? Um, so pull back. So first and more, yeah. foremost, when you're getting into that space, definitely just pause and pull back. And what I would recommend also being careful of is often going to friends, girlfriends, and and just complaining, right? Because mm. I think we can be really good as, as women to sort of try to support the person and go, yeah, it's really hard, hard out there and everybody sucks and guys cheat and do all this stuff. But in that moment, it might feed the righteousness and the anger, but it kind of leaves us just feeling like, well, now what? Like, well, okay, so if everything sucks and everybody, you know, is worthless, then what do I do now? Right? And I think that's where a lot of people turn up at my door. They're like, okay, great. Like, my my friends are very supportive in that I'm not the problem, but then I still want a relationship that I still don't know what I'm doing. So there's something there, right? And so I think maybe just be cautious about, some of the ways we're fueling the negative feelings in ourselves, whether it's talking to the people that are reinforcing those negative feelings about um, the world, you know, it's a diff difficult place and all that without any real support of how to change it. Be careful about, you know, the books you're reading, the things that you're listening to that is fueling that anger and resentment. Um, and so pull back with that and really try to go back to like, what qualities do I have in me that are valuable to me, that are important, that are not coming across, especially like online dating and stuff, right? That maybe it's not me. Like whenever people come to see me, I'm just like, it's you, but it's not you. It's you yeah. in that like you probably aren't presenting yourself the right way. You are not asking the right questions, right? There's some fears in you that are driving what you're looking for in a person. Maybe you're an introvert and you're like, so embarrassed about like, you know, putting yourself out there that when an extrovert comes along, it's like easy for you, right? And so there are things that you might be doing that are working against you, but it's not because of your worth as a person. That's where people get it wrong. They go, it must be me. And I'm like, yeah, but not in the way that you think. Like, it's not right. your worth as an individual. That's a problem, right? It's the way you're going about things. It's the way that maybe you're looking at things. So, like, write down those qualities in you that are valuable, that are important. Do not forget that, right? And look at some mechanical things that you might be doing that's not helping you come across the way that you need to, especially on online because, yeah. And I think just in, as a general practice, it's always good to remind yourself your own value and your own worth. Sure. Like whether or not you're like getting them met or not, just like take a minute to be like, absolutely, I, I'm I I am a great person, and you know, make your build yourself back up again. Know absolutely. why you're here and know why you're an awesome human being. Absolutely. Keep in mind that again, going back to what I first said, which is our existence or our sense of self is an interaction between us and the world, how we interact, yeah. right? If we're not aware of our own values, how do we know to communicate that to the world so that the, the world then can appreciate and feed that information back to us? So the amount of people I've like listened to and I'm like, what stories are you talking about during dates? What are you telling yourself? You know, what are you telling people about yourself? And people don't know the great qualities. I'm like, in an hour, I can list more things about you that I like than you can. 
Yeah, like, that's so true. Self for 30, 40 years. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Um, I love that so much. And I, I think that's a wonderful note to end on just yeah. like n- knowing your own value, I think is the, is what we have to be taking control of and what we're in charge of. Sure. Um, and I think that's an easy, easy task when you're not, when you're not feeling dating, just like come yes. back to your own self. I'm an awesome human being, you know? Yes. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. This has been so cool to like just get to like riff with you and dig into your brain about like about everything that's happening in in my world and in my heart and and in the world in general right now. So thank you so much for spending this hour with me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been really in like a fun conversation and it's been an honest one. That's what it like. We can sort of talk about the difficulties, but also talk about some of the ways to sort of move out of that. So I hope the people listening have taken something from it. Yeah. And if people want to work with you, how do they find you? Do you have room in your client list right now? Yeah. Um, well, maybe. Um, okay. I, uh, maybe, right. It's, it's always it's always tricky balancing that. Um, and that's like my self-care that I don't do enough. I don't set enough boundaries for work. But um, at the moment, um, reach out. Um, what I what I, I'm going to be putting out is a course that's going to cover all of this in depth. So that's something that easy access to. So go to my website that will be available. I'm also going to be doing group work like this, having these kinds of conversations with like four, five, six people so we can really get into it. And um, through one another's experiences, we can learn from one another rather than uh, having all of the bad experiences ourselves, right? We don't need to experience everything ourselves to learn from it. So group work is going to be essential um, and also the course if um, people are interested. So cool. I'll make sure to link that. Send me whatever you got. Um, Thank you all so much for taking this time to listen to Hashtag Single Podcast. I hope you got something out of it. As always, if you enjoyed it or or you think you have a friend who might enjoy it, please pass it along. And uh, join us back on Instagram whenever you have a moment. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. That's it for Hashtag Single. We will catch you next time.